Good evening, everyone, and welcome to Outbeat News in Depth. I'm Greg Moralia. Well, tonight we are celebrating the Russian River Sisters of Perpetual Indulgence and all of the amazing work they do for our local community. This fall, the order is going to be hosting a conclave. This is an event that's going to bring sisters from all parts of the world right here to Guerneville. It promises to be an extraordinary and historic event. You're going to hear all about it from some of the sisters right here from our local order right after your Outbeat Radio News for this Sunday, August 26, 2018. This is Greg Moralia with your Outbeat Radio News for the week of August 26, 2018. LGBTQ Nation reported on a new study being published by the Kremlin reporting that 63% of Russians believe there is a group of people who are trying to destroy the spiritual values formed by Russians through propaganda of non-traditional sexual relations. That's right, the LGBT community. As with American conspiracy theorists, the Russian government hasn't shied away from promoting the conspiracy theory to use LGBT people as scapegoats for their own failings. Russia's gay propaganda law prohibits anyone from promoting homosexuality to minors. But so far, only one teenager who posted photos of shirtless men hugging on social media has ever been prosecuted and convicted under the law. This might explain why almost half of Russians between the ages of 18 and 24 agreed with this statement. Quote, there is no propaganda of non-traditional sexual relations in Russia. People who advocate for the rights and members of sexual minorities in Russia do not pursue destructive goals, end quote. And here in the U.S., when pro football player and convicted murderer Aaron Hernandez died by suicide last year, rumors about his bisexuality were already being discussed in the media. Now, as lawyers say, he came out just before his death. In 2013, the tight end for the Patriots was arrested in connection with the murder of Odin Lloyd, his fiancée's sister's boyfriend. He was convicted in 2015 and sentenced to life in prison. According to a Newsweek report from last year, Lloyd called Hernandez what he interpreted to be an anti-gay slur, and Hernandez feared Lloyd would find out he was bisexual. He was also charged in a separate double homicide case, but was acquitted in 2017 of those charges. Just after the acquittal, the Kirk and Callahan show discussed rumors of his bisexuality and even joked about his sexuality, calling him a tight end on and off the field, who then became a wide receiver. Several days later, he was found dead in his prison cell. His death was ruled a suicide. Hernandez's lawyers, Jose Baez, has a new book that came out this week called Unnecessary Roughness. And in that book, he says that Hernandez had opened up about his affair with a man just days before killing himself. In another interview for the documentary Aaron Hernandez Uncovered, George Leontire, another of Hernandez's lawyers, said that he knew his client was gay. Leontire said, quote, Aaron and I have talked about his sexuality. This man was clearly gay, acknowledged it, and the immense pain it had caused him. And also this week, one of the NFL's first male cheerleaders made his debut performing with the New Orleans Sensations at a preseason game against the Arizona Cardinals. Jesse Hernandez, 25 years old, made his first public appearance performing as a cheerleader wearing black pants and a Saints t-shirt and danced with his fellow Sensations carrying a white towel instead of pom-poms. NFL cheerleaders have been women since teams started hiring professional squads, this according to NFL.com. But several NFL teams in the past few years have hired stuntmen to perform with their squads, but their role was distinct from that of a cheerleader. For Outbeat Radio News, I'm Greg Moralia. All right, well, let's get started. If you have ever been to Guerneville, there is no doubt that in some way you've been touched by the Sisters of Perpetual Indulgence, maybe figuratively or literally. Stop touching, Nova. <laughs> They're an amazing organization, and tonight we are here to celebrate all of the great work that they have done over the years and also to hear about a conclave that they're hosting. This is an international event that's going to bring sisters from orders from throughout the world. So it's always a blast to have the sisters here in studio live. You can bet this is going to be an, a really fun hour. So welcome to you all. I'm going, to have you, I'm going to have you introduce yourselves so that everybody can hear not only your names, but also get your voices down because the, we want people to know who you are. So let's start with... 
Hi, I'm Sister Surrender the Booty. Arg, I'm the Pirate Nun. There are no others. Um, and yeah, hi. Well, I, I'm happy to be here. This is my this is my first time, my first voyage. But you are not new <laughs> to the sisters. You've been with the I'm not, order for a long time. I have been a Russian River sister for seven and a half years, uh, fully professed, and I've been involved with the order for eight and a half years. Outstanding. So, yay. Great. And we're going to get to talking a little bit later on the show about what draws all of you to that work. But, Sister Sarah, it's great to have you back. Hello, Greg. Thank you for having me back. I feel like an old, just like something old. <laughs> um, I am Sister Sarah Femme Fatale. I am the vice president of the Russian River Sisters, which means I get to play with all the new nunlings to be. I'm the mistress of novices. So I get to suck you in and mold you and pop you out. Something like that. <laughs> I love it. That sounds like so much work. Yeah. <laughs> Is that a visual? And how, long, and how, long, how long have you been with the order? I moved up here nine years ago in May, or came up here nine years ago in May, and I became part of the order in October of that year. So going on just about nine years anniversary, and I've been a sister for 12. Wonderful. All right. And Sister Nova. Hi. Hello. How are you? Welcome back. Thanks. It's good to be back. It's good to have you. Oh, it's a thanks you for letting me be had. <laughs> so tell us about your name, where it came from, how long you've been oh. with the order. Sister Nova Nilla. Well, it's tough to choose a name because there's so many options, you know, but um, I had a list beside my bed and I'd write down names and something about no vanilla kind of stuck because it can be in all kinds of things and it's actually spelled nova nilla but when people say it fast together it just changes and some people get it and some don't and that's okay and some think you're a usually wafer. somebody will elbow them and say it means oh. this <laughs> and then it's fine so anyway i've been a sister with the rush river sisters oh gosh since 2002 Wow. I know. I was like a prepubescent. You're old. Yeah. God. Almost well, since the beginning of the order. But let's right, go back. One year later. Let's go back to the very beginning because like so many things, LGBTQ, the Sisters of Perpetual Indulgence started in San Francisco. So, Sarah, do you want to Correct. tell us a little about where it all came about? I will try to pull it out of my old, old memory. But, yes, the Sisters came about in 1979, and it was... Three to four, I believe it was four gentlemen were able to get their hands on some uh, nun outfits, telling them that they were going to do a Sound of Music revival. And so they donned these nun outfits and they went out and watched a ball game. They went to an actual ball game. This is Easter Sunday. And one of them had a cigar and one of them was carrying a pretend machine gun. And it just got a lot of laughs and it was um, quite a fun thing. And then they went out into the Castro and in, in their outfits and people were coming up to them saying, oh, how funny, you know, sister, will you bless me? Oh, sister, forgive my sins. And And it became this huge reckoning of there was no spiritual icons left for the queer community because they so many of them been shunned from the church, shunned from their family. So they needed some kind of spiritual grounding for them. And to see a sister and go up there and knowing a sister's going to acknowledge them, sister's going to say, I love you. Sister's going to touch you. You know, when the height of the AIDS epidemic was coming in there, they weren't being touched. They weren't being held. They weren't being hugged. They weren't being acknowledged. And so a sister would come right up to them and touch them and make sure that they felt like a real person because they because they are so that was the the start of it and they kind of got invited to a few events and to a few meetings and just to be uh little social butterflies and then they decided to use their powers for good and began doing fundraising and it exploded from there and that was yeah that was 79 and so what are we now? Forty years, almost forty years. Forty, 40, 40 years. Forty years, years next 40 years year, right? In April, yeah, have a, and have become a worldwide phenomenon. And it's so interesting because you talked about how on that Easter Sunday they went to a ball game and mm -hmm. there was, you know, some laughter and some joking, right. and then really, literally within three years, the AIDS crisis erupted, mm -hmm. and and their work, their work was so necessary, and so what a miracle it was that yeah. uh, those guys came together that Sunday. Um, 
Well, Guerneville has certainly been an, uh, an extension of San Francisco for a long time. Mm-hmm. I mean, throughout the, the 70s. It, it, a queer mecca. It, it, really. Mm-hmm. Second homes and, and then a place where people would go to retire. And so talk about how the local order came about in Guerneville. Who wants that one? Nova, you're the oldest. (laughs) (laughs) Literacy. There was a a nun, Mary Margaret Explosion, that moved from San Francisco. She was a San Francisco nun, and then she moved to Seattle, and then she decided to start a chapter here because Russian River, Guerneville area, was such a resort area for LGBT folks. So she started one here, and there were six initial um, sisters that started out. I'm not Nova, going to name them. Are the founding no. members. <laughs> no, let's not go there. I know them, but I'm too old right now, remember? <laughs> but they started out on Easter Sunday in 2001 at the Rio Theater in, in Monterio. Like Friday. I'm sorry, Good Friday. Oh, Friday. Friday. Oh, I did I say Passover? <laughs> <laughs> she said Passover. Should I be doing this? I don't yeah. know. <laughs> she says I'm old, you're right. <laughs> Yeah, so there were six of them, and they started doing these things out in face and around the community, and it was... Initially, they were shunned, of course, but after the people started seeing the work that they were doing... And their makeup started getting better. Yeah, they needed help with that, too. (laughs) So slowly but surely, the community started warming up to them, and now we're like a phenomenon in the area. It's amazing that we're everywhere we go. People love us, and it's rare that we ever hear anything negative anymore. And you know what? We are community members like yeah. any other person in Guerneville. Mm-hmm. We are just there. And so what's happened is that some of us that live in that area, when we go out in our face, we call it in face, as a sister, we're easily recognized. But it's it's become to the point where people see us even without, like we're dressed now. We don't have our white face on. And they'll call me Nova because some of the people in the community just, it's a crossover. Mm-hmm. And we're okay with that, too. It's fun. I, I say I don't care if you if you use my secular name while I'm not in, or if you use my sister name while I'm not in face. Right. But if I took the time to put on the face, I really want you to call me Sorenda, please. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, my first three years yeah. or so in Guerneville, they they all called me Sarah right. when I came from San Francisco. So that's how they all knew me. Mm-hmm. I was just another sister. So, so it started with men. Mm-hmm. But there are a lot of women in this local order mm-hmm. that are members. Has it always become or has it always been evolving as a male-female identified group? Or Well, it was only all men for just a few years. I want to say three, maybe four years before the first female. Back in San Francisco. Back in San Francisco, yeah. Uh, first uh, female identified sister came in. I don't remember. Was it Misty? I want to say it was I think sister it was Misty. Misty yeah. uh, uh, Mysteria Hyman, something like that. God, she was a character. She's a little BDMS girl and oh, she was just great. Um, yeah, she was the first female sister and slowly, it was a slow trickle. They came in. Um, uh, there's there's not a ton of them, but now there are more. I, as I look at the more new San Francisco's coming in, yeah. there's a lot of female sisters. And here at the river, yeah, we're have? like fifty fifty. Yeah. yeah, we're we're pretty close to fifty fifty, and yeah. we have been for the whole time I've been Since involved I've with been the sisters. Here. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, it's, I think it's I tip very, the scales. <laughs> <laughs> it's it's very unique to have such a incredibly diverse group of people working together mm-hmm. in this in this fashion. Well, yeah. and certainly within our community, I think it's unique because the men, the boys, have not always played with the girls real well. I think you know the AIDS crisis was probably the first time when really men and women came together. Um, and thank goodness the women came and took care of all the men who mm-hmm. were so sick. And so you don't see too many examples of that. We're still pretty, pretty separate. And right. so it's, it's great to see. Mm-hmm. Right. And yet nuns were, of course, women. So, right. you know, having that, that female identity, that mothering, that maternal energy that the she's, the sisters have. One of the things I wanted to mention, though, about nuns that we are calling ourselves is that we are not mocking no. the Mm-mm. Catholic Church in, in any way, shape, or form. Mm-mm. We call ourselves nuns because we do similar work. Mm-hmm. And that's pretty much the only reason. And it's just, it's like there's um, Tibetan nuns or something. Uh, there's like nuns all over. Yeah, there are there's nuns, there's nuns all in all different place. religions. Yeah. Now, you know, I think there's some maybe some mythology about that. Was that one of maybe one of the original ideas when the sisters formed in San Francisco because of the... I think it was an accident, just a happy yeah. accident. You know, like I said, they just the went out in costume. They were just <laughs> out in costume to play. And it, it, it evolved into a different kind of play. They... 
I'm having a brain yeah. fart. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> well, they wore the tra- traditional Catholic yes. nun black and white habits. Because that's what they had. That's and what they were we doing. sometimes wear them as what we call our formal mm-hmm. habits. But most of the time we take a work, some things completely different. In fact, I will never wear a black habit. I can't find one that's big enough for me. I can. You can. <laughs> <laughs> but we wear all kinds of other things. But the still, because we're called nuns, I have, have, any, um, have had people come up to me and say, can I just talk to you? Mm-hmm. And they want to give their, their, it's not necessarily convention, but they just want to talk or maybe get advice. Yeah. Or and just be listened to. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And it happened to me recently at the R3 back in Guerneville. Somebody said, can I just talk to you? And she had just left her husband that day because she'd been beaten mm. and wanted to just talk to somebody. And she wanted to know how could she leave him mm. and what should she do? And it was just an amazing opportunity to be there for her and listen to her and give her at least a minimal feedback. Mm. We call it ministry. Right. Ministry of presence. Well, we're going to be talking about all of the amazing ministry and work that you do in the local community here. But this this phenomenon, as you talked about, mm-hmm. has really grown and it's now international. Talk about some of the countries that now have orders. <laughs> all over. Nova, you take that. Yeah, we have a few. When I first started in the Sisters, there were maybe 10 different cities and towns across the planet that had them. And now uh, there's something called the UNPC, which I'm not going to go into all the details about that, but we help minister and create new orders around the world. And we currently have 31 active, fully professed houses across the United States and Canada, and there's another 20 that are in the process of becoming fully professed. And one of the newest ones is San Luis Obispo here in California. But there's probably seven or eight here in California alone in different cities. Then there, like, there's an Arizona Tennessee, and then across the pond, there's Germany, France. What was the others? England, England. Scotland, Uruguay. Uruguay. Oh, yeah, Uruguay and South America and uh, Australia. Wasn't it we talked about that was there a Prague one? Prague and, and the yeah. Czech Republic mm-hmm. has, yeah. yeah, but there's a lot, there's several in Germany, there's several in France. Mm-hmm. And they all have different missions. Like the Uruguay, they are specifically about AIDS outreach mm-hmm. and safe sex. That is, that is it. That's what they do. Really? Mm-hmm. And they're very, very careful about going out there because of the, the political climate, the safety of being queer out there. They're very, very subtle. Their, their dress up is extremely subtle. And and they are out there specifically for AIDS outreach. And the sisters in Australia don't wear the white face. Mm. Mm-hmm. They wear mostly traditional or close to traditional habits. And they wear the scapular and all the other stuff. Mm-hmm. And they just do all kinds of things to adorn what they get or what they wear. Interesting. And so this fall, uh, the order in Guerneville, right here in the Russian River, is going to be hosting a gathering that is called a conclave. Mm-hmm. So you can right. just, maybe you can explain a little bit about what that is. But more importantly, tell us about all of the people that are going to be joining us in this amazing region. Conclave is held almost every year in a different city on the planet, and we held one here 10 years ago in Grindel, and we had about 125 people. This year it looks like a few smaller, I mean a smaller group. But it's actually just a gathering of the sisters from around the world, and we get together in, this time in Grindel to share ideas and to learn about how we can make our communities an even better place to live. So during the week, which is October 8th through the 14th, we're going to have workshops where we can learn even how to put on makeup or do fundraising. We're having some on, uh, uh, what's the sissy? Are you sissy or sis? Yeah. Are all sissy sis. Are all there sissy you go. sis. Yeah. Uh, that's a really good one. And then we're going to do some others about um, social injustice and how to not get arrested if you're going to be doing any protests. But the wonderful thing about this group of sisters in Guerneville is that we have gone beyond just HIV and AIDS and built bridges to the rest of the community. And this is the opportunity for us to show the people coming to learn how they can do that. And that's the best part about this whole conclave. Because most of them, and you know, we t- you just talked about how some of the other sisters focus mostly on HIV and AIDS, and it's true. About 90% of the sisters mm-hmm. around the planet still focus on HIV and AIDS. And so we're going to try and show them this is how you reach out to the firefighters, the school kids, the animal support groups, all of those other groups. Right, because it takes money. If you're going to do the work around HIV prevention and education, it still takes money to be able to do that. And so there's got to be a, a good fundraising element there. And, and you all have mastered that. I mean, you bring in a tremendous amount of money from all factions of the community, not just the gay community here. Oh, ab- so. yes, absolutely. We work with, with the seniors. We work with the schools. We've helped get microscopes for science classes. We helped uh, the sheriff's department get a Jaws of Life. Uh, just 
so diverse, so diverse. And of course, we do do safe sex information and we do a condom ministry where we supply condoms to various venues in the uh, city. So there's there's a whole lot of people, a whole lot of organizations we work with. So let's get back to the week. You talked about a number of events that are going to be taking place out there, trainings and so forth. Uh, talk about the Nunaway. What is that all about? <laughs> Nunaway. So uh, it's, a, it's a, of course, a play off of Project Runway. It's called Project Nunaway. This one is Nun Limited to Infinity Beyond. And this is an event that started in San Francisco about 10, 11 years ago. And sisters are paired with designers to create an original haute couture look created out of 50% or more recycled materials. They call it trashin. I love that word. <laughs> so it could be anything from a screen door to a garbage bag to you know the, what's in your ashtray. You just wrap. never know. Bubble wrap. Absolutely. And they create this original look, and then the sister walks the runway. And that's it in a nutshell. Oh my God. And there's going to be some yeah. judges. There will be judges. We, Prizes. There will be trophies Ooh. and uh, some some entertainment. We'll have some live entertainment. Uh, I, I don't know what all that looks like right now. It's it's. Uh, I'm fine tuning it, but I'm really looking forward to bringing the very first Nenway to the Russian River. Will the trophies trophies be made out of trash? They well? are. They will be trashy. Ooh. Yes. Trashy. But trophies. there will be glitter. But there will be glitter and probably gold spray paint. <laughs> a lot of vacuuming afterwards. And a lot, you know, just blow it off. Just, yeah. So is that going to be an event open to the public? That will be an event open to the public. That is going and to be the Friday of uh, October 12th. And that is available to the public. Tickets will be going on sale via brown paper tickets, hopefully within the next week or so. We're getting all those numbers together so that that can go live. And where is that event going to take place? That's going to be at the Vets Hall in Guerneville. Okay. And where are you going to be doing the workshops? Is that going to? Do you have a location already? Obviously, already. Yeah, mostly Oddfellows Hall and some other places in Guerneville as well. Okay. Those are not necessarily open to the public because we're trying to teach each other, and and sometimes we want to ask questions that may not be. You know, they're stupid or something. <laughs> I do I do know one of our workshops that is going to be open to the public on Tuesday. We're going to be doing a group manifestation at the R3, and, oh, yeah, and we can't block that off from the public. So if you happen to be at the R3 on Tuesday afternoon before our Give Back Tuesday, which is going to be at the Rainbow, um, you might see some sisters as they transform from their secular to their sister persona. We're going to beat our face. (laughs) (laughs) So that I was going to ask you to explain for our listeners who may not understand what a manifestation is. It's the process that we take to turn from our normal everyday nine to five selves into our fabulous sister, glittery, wonderful sister persona. And if you want to see what we look like, you can actually go to your computer right now and look up www.rrsisters.org and under meet the order, you'll see sister Sarenda, sister um, Sarah, Femme, and sister No Vanilla. Did you forget who I was? Yeah. <laughs> that's okay, I forget who. This is a brain, whatever that's called. <laughs> I love it. And of course, bingo is such a central part of the ongoing operations of the of the sisters. It's always fun, always successful. So talk about what's going to be going on with bingo that week. So that Saturday happens to be our normal bingo night, which is the second Saturday of every month. And normally it's held in Guerneville, but because this is a special occasion and we were expecting more people and more sisters from around the world and the country. Um, we are doing it at the Odd Fellows Hall in Santa Rosa at 545 Pacific Avenue. And it will be, it. we open the doors at 530. Um, it's Stranger Things, Super Bingo is the name of it. So if you know the Netflix show, oops, I don't know if I'm supposed to plug it. Thing like that, I know. It's over. Uh, it's, it's done. <laughs> um, so that's on sa- Saturday. We open the doors at five thirty. The tickets we have, we are it serving dinner for everyone. So everyone that buys a ticket gets dinner. It's VIP tickets are fifty dollars per, and you get to sit with your ten closest friends because you have to buy a whole table. Um, then forty dollars if you want the general admission at the table seats, or if you want the view from the pew um, on that the rhymed. sides. I know um, that's thirty dollars, and the tickets are available on our website at rrsisters.org right now, and you could come to our bingo and see sisters from all 
all over. And hurry now that everybody knows. <laughs> right. Yeah. Get your tickets now. <laughs> we'll also be having a big silent auction that night, mm-hmm. too. Mm-hmm. And photos in front of our new Step and Repeat. Yes. A step and Repeat. <laughs> Now, it's hard for me to imagine that there might be somebody out there who lives locally who has not ever been to a bingo night. We have virgins every Every month. A ton of them. Like sometimes more than half. But people come from all over the Bay Area just to our bingo these days. They hear about it and they're like, "Oh yeah, let's go." They'll bring the in-laws from out of the country, even or the. The, what do you call bridesmaid parties? Right, and, right. Uh, birthday parties. And it holds the hall holds how many we're at now? Two? We we um, allow for two hundred thirty in our mm-hmm. hall. Um, and it every, sells out every single yeah. month. Mm-hmm. Yeah. All right. So let's break this down a bit for people who <laughs> have not been there. It happens once a month, right? Yes. Once a month. And you pick a th- you have a theme that you yes. do. And so where do those themes come from? Our <laughs> brains. Or where we're or sitting some, on. some other place we pull out. <laughs> Whatever we're sitting, yeah. Okay. And there, so the way that the process works is I'm hoping by the beginning of October, I know it's, it's pushing it, uh, that we have our bingo applications available to the public and they'll be available on our websites, uh, on our website for, uh, local uh, nonprofits to apply for. Um, then once that application process is over, we have a committee meeting and everybody comes and we um, rate all the nonprofits and whoever has the highest, we most likely give them a bingo. And then we choose the themes based on the non, a lot of times based on the nonprofits that we, we are working with and sometimes based on the time of year that is. So okay. it just all depends. And so they take place in the evening. Yes. Uh, all, all of our bingo games start. We open the doors at 530, and the games actually start at 7 o'clock. And you're doing dinner at this special one in October. Is there always food? At There's always a snack bar, a snack but bar? it's okay. not always included. Got it. So with the VIP tables, we always include a beverage, which is non-alcoholic beverage, um, because we do not al- allow for alcohol in the um, vets hall, because um, with bingo, you cannot provide alcohol yeah, and money and gambling and stuff. Uh, so we need to keep it legal. And right. um yeah, it's 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 always a good time. And everybody, everybody has everybody has a great time. It's awesome. Yeah. Yeah, our next, our actual next bingo is September 9th, and it's it's Hogwarts bingo. So yeah, and speaking of, you uh, will be sorted. So for our super bingo, our beneficiaries are face to face, food for thought, and pals, pals which are wow. all HIV AIDS organizations. But our Hogwarts bingo, which is in September on September 8th, is for the West County Health Center, the the homeless services program. So we serve everybody. Well, so let's talk about that. I mean, I, I, again, I think it's miraculous the amount of money that you raise for organizations across the spectrum. Again, we're, these are not just LGBT organizations. They are all kinds of community organizations who have benefited from your bingos and, and the other fundraising. So tell us about some of this last year's beneficiaries and maybe some of the things that have come to mind that, that people have gotten. Before, that. Just before we go to that, though, I wanted to tell you why we're doing other beneficiaries besides HIV and um, things like that is when we first started because that's what we were doing. And with the bingo, when it first started back in 2003, we did the first two or three bingos for those aid services organizations in this in this area. But because bingo was every month, we ran out of HIV and AIDS agencies pretty quick. So we decided, well, let's just see if the seniors would like some of our money. Let's do the firefighters. And the first time the firefighters came to our bingo, what they end up doing is somebody that is a beneficiary, we asked them to bring four volunteers to help set up and tear down. Well, the firefighters had to show up to help set up and tear down. And they were like, who are these people? And it was really <laughs> awkward. Honestly, it was very awkward. But by the end of the evening, one of the firefighters came up to me and he says, you know, guy, that was really cool. Can I bring my wife next month? Would you mind? And I go, heck, yeah. So what ended up happening, we started inviting all the other organizations around the area. And it's become such a, a bridge building experience. Mm-hmm. And that's what we're trying to teach other sisters about again, as I said, at the conclave that's coming up. It's awesome. And the other thing is, in the years that we've had this bingo, we have raised well over a million dollars now for local charities, just from our frickin' little bingo. Wow. Our frickin' little bingo. <laughs> yeah, there's nothing, there's, that, nothing little, there's nothing little about that. Yeah. Um, so, so tell us about some of the organizations this last year who were... 
Well, I can go one. through the bingo beneficiaries that we what, that we have for That's this year. Great. So January, we had El Molino High School. February, we do have to pay our bills, so it was for the Russian River Sisters. Uh, March, Monterio School, their garden program, and New Horizons School, their culinary program. Sometimes we will combine beneficiaries if... if More than one a month. Yeah, it, just so we can... Get fulfill, them all in. Yeah, so we can uh, do more fundraising for more places. So then we had the Senior Center, and then we had Friends of Guerneville School, their music program. Um, then we did two animal organizations, Sadie's Horse Haven Rescue and Sonoma County Animal Services Volunteer. Then we did Sonoma County Vet Connect. Again, our last month was for the sisters again, because again, we have bills and we do have other programs. But when she says sisters, that means our operating fund, not it, for not our program. No, 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 no. Oh my God. We provide all of our you know. clothes, all of our makeup. Yeah. We all, all, that's all, all, everything on our own. all our yeah. own. We're all so quick to defend ourselves. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you, Sister No. Yeah. Uh, then, like I said, we're doing West County Health Care for the Homeless and uh, October Face-to-Face Food for Thought. Pets are loving support and Bob Burke's kids and Cap Sonoma County Smiles. It's a brand new program that we're working with uh, in November and Dogma and Paws for Senior Paws program. So that's got the whole gamut. Yeah. So what's if you were to think of one organization that took some money and did something really cool with it from the money that you raised is what comes to mind for you? Here's one of my favorites. Um, uh, this lovely woman comes and she applies every year for a grant. Is that okay if I talk about a grant yeah, as opposed to a bingo? Of course. And she works with the prison systems and she collects funds to get buy books and tapes, tape recorders, and she takes it into the prisons and parents will read this story and have it recorded so that then this woman can take that story back to the child and they can have that story read to them by their parents' voice. And I, that, I just love that's that. Friends Outside. Mm-hmm. Very cool. Friends Outside. Beautiful organization. Very, very cool. Mm-hmm. What, I'm going to share one real quick one that yeah. I love. We did many, many, many years ago when the San Francisco Zoo mm-hmm. was raising eagle chicklets. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. Or chicklets? What? Eaglets. 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 <laughs> and they were having a horrible mortality rate. And somebody thought, well, what if we put a speaker down near those little eggs before they've hatched? And put the parent sound in through that speaker. Let's see what happens. And so we funded that. And I think it was almost, a, it was 100% hatched. And they were all raised and they were all put out to the Santa Cruz Islands out there in the, like Santa Catalina area. And it got to be so successful, they decided to discontinue the program. <laughs> it was the saddest thing ever. Because I don't there know was why. eaglets yeah. at that point? It was so sad, but oh, it was one eaglet. of the most amazing. And what they did is they tried to bring one of their success stories, an eagle, in a car to our bingo to show us and everybody there that how it worked. The eagle got car sick. Oh, no. <laughs> and they had to turn around <laughs> and go back home. But oh, there no. is the document. We do have the documentary uh, about this project yeah. uh, posted on our YouTube channel, which is Russian River Sisters, all one word, um, if you want to check it out, and a few of our other interesting events on, that we've done. Is our website? That's our YouTube channel. Dear. The YouTube channel, not the yes. website. Is there a link on the website to that? Well, you know what? You won't have to worry about it because we're going to put links to all (laughs) of these things we've been talking about on our website at OutbeatNews.com. Once the show notes for this show are posted, you'll be able to go right there, listen on demand, and then you can go check out the YouTube channel. You can get tickets for some of these events we've been talking about. So you mentioned grants. Uh, so in addition to doing bingo fundraising, you also issue grants to various organizations. Mm -hmm. Tell us about the grant program. Wow. The grants is probably the... One thing that's been consistent from day one, and now I'll just tell you that we have a grant application process that people can that ha- are part of a 501c3 can go to our website, and between February 1 and March 1 of every year, those applications are available on our website. RRsisters.org. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> At the end of that time, we close that application period off. About a week or so later, our 
grant committee will sit together and review all the applications and also any that are not accepted as a bingo grant mm-hmm. uh, beneficiary. They will roll over, they roll the over into the cycle, grants. Yeah. And sometimes we actually give grants to those bingo ben- mm-hmm. applicants instead of a um, bingo. But anyway, what we all do is we sit around, we grade them, we review them, and it's an amazing experience because there's times we've had over 80 applications or more that we go through in one night, and we try and summarize them ahead of time. So we do all that, and at uh, the end of the evening, we have a list of I don't know, maybe 30 or four. It depends on how much grant money we have right. available. Mm-hmm. And we've given out quite a bit of grant money. We I think one year we had, two years ago, we had 33000 that we gave out of grant money. And then wow. last year, because after the fires and everything else was going on, um, it dropped significantly. But we still were able to give out, uh, I think it was 20 grants. So anyway, then that's available. We hand those out at our anniversary party, which is always Good Friday, the three days before Easter. And we have a huge celebration. And one by one, we bring the grant recipients up onto the stage and hand them their money. And that's a great event to go to, too. I've been to a couple of those. And, and it's great because you do get a chance to see the people that are going to be, you know, benefiting from It's from those moving. Grants. It's right. absolutely yes. moving. What the neat thing is, too, is when they come up on stage to get their check, is I ask them, well, what is it you, have, you hope to do with this money, or why are you applying for it? And they get to share a little bit about what they do with their organization, and it's absolutely amazing. Tell the micro, microscope story. I love the microscope story. But the science class. Would you tell me a story, oh, sister? No. <laughs> you know it. Oh, oh well. Well, oh, so it was, yes. it was Sir, would you tell program? us about yeah. the microscope story? The, <laughs> I'm going to tell you the, the microscope the story. The I, I mean, I can't tell it, but I guess I'm going to tell it. Uh, it was a school that applied for a grant because they needed microscopes for their program. And they sent in a, a page of a magazine from the microscopes the that catalog. they wanted to order. Yeah, the catalog. And it was decided, oh, well. These are my, these microscopes are fine, but these are even better. And so we were able to give them a grant to buy these better microscopes. I don't remember how much it was because it's supposed yeah, to be no. more story. Ha- yeah, the te- the, it was really cool because the teacher had submitted the, the catalog page, which exactly what she said. And she had one of these middle school variety of microscopes. Well, on the same page was the high school and above version. And so we didn't tell her. I called her on stage and I said, you know, I just I want to be honest with you. We really didn't want to buy you those microscopes and her heart, I mean, her eyes dropped her. You could see her just, she was crushed. And I said, but because we love you and what, and what you do for our community and our kids, we decided to buy you 10 of the high school and above microscopes. She started crying. Everybody in the audience was crying and it was just the most amazing experience ever to be able to do that for her. And it's stuff like that happens all the time with the groups that we give money to. And it's awesome to be able to do that. We have a really, really incredible community yeah. that we at work with. We're so privileged to be able to help with them. Well, we're the ones who are privileged. Mm. So let me just make that clear. I mean, you, you're such a gift. Um, Thank you. Oh, this whole thing. So. Oh. Can, can I, can we, are we going to share about pencil and paper? Can I tell you what happened there? Have you heard about that one? Pencil and paper? Paper, yes. paper and pencil project. Pencil. You had it right the first time. It's it was the PNP. PNP. Pencil and paper project. Uh, been, yes. How long have we been doing it now? I four think years? this might years. be five, four, four five or five years. So yeah. what happened is yeah. I have a friend in the neighborhood down the street from me that's a school teacher at the middle school in Guerneville. And she and I were having lunch at the Rio Cafe. And she was crushed. She was so down. I said, Gail, what's going on? And she says, well, we just found out that us teachers are having to come up with another $100 out of our own pockets for school supplies. And she says, I can't do it. And I said, oh, geez, I'm so sorry, Gail. I said, you know, but you know I'm a sister. And she goes, yeah, of course. And she goes, I said, well, why don't you go back to the teachers, ask each of the teachers of the school to give you a wish list of all the supplies they want for the year. Bring them back to me. You know, the sister, I can put them on our website, on our Facebook page, and let's just see what happens. And she goes, really? And I said, yeah, let's try it. Well, she did. And the, the I'm not going to say, there, was, there were a couple of people that said, that's not going to happen. We're not going to do that. But we got the list from most everybody. We went out and asked, oh, we got, um, put three buckets around the different mm-hmm. places in the community in Guerneville. And we ended up with carloads, carloads. Mm-hmm. of all these supplies the first year we did it. Yeah. We had so many supplies that first year. We ended up not just the Guerneville school. We ended up getting to Monterio, Occidental. And I think we also do it in Forestville now. Mm-hmm. Wow. It's become mm-hmm. huge. Just from a little meeting with this one woman who was so upset because of that. Of um, the $100 that she was having to come up with. 
And now it's a really well-known program. Mm-hmm. And, so it's um, an annual thing that you it's do. It's an yeah. annual thing annual every th- year. Every and year. we have a massive amount of cash in there now that we're going to give out mm-hmm. gift cards. Yeah, mm-hmm. we give out gift cards. If mm-hmm. people can't give supplies, they give us cash to put in it. I'm just like, wow. It's a. It's become an absolutely phenomenally huge program. It's yeah. so bl- How it's cool. amazing. Yeah. How cool. Well, Sister Sarah, tell us about Closet Ball. That's another event. Uh, closet Ball. Closet Ball has become my baby. This will be the third year that I will be leading this. Uh, the last two years was phenomenal in the fundraising. Uh, uh, 2016, we raised $7,000, uh, which we put into Five Creek and West Sonoma services for the things that are unfunded, like bus passes and taxi rides to hospital visits and things like that. And then last year, 2017, we raised over 15000 Dollars, wow. And that was split between the Buckaloo programs, which helped to house uh, marginalized people who homeless mm-hmm. or um, uh, what, you know, whatever their situation is, but to help them get into a place, learn how to actually rent a place to take care of PG&E and utilities and how to keep a home around them. And then the second one was for the Fife Creek Butterfly Project. And this is a near and dear thing to me. This is something I've always wanted. And so $7,000 went to the Friends of Fife Creek via Vera the Mermaid, our California mermaid, to provide a landscaper space and the plants to start a butterfly garden up at West Sonoma Inn in Guerneville. Wow. So that I'm super pleased about. So this year, our next closet ball, which will be Anthem, a haunted drag opera and that will be saturday october 6th over the r3 and our beneficiaries this year are amazingly enough the grants program Mm -hmm. yes so we'll be able to hopefully put a nice big fat padding into the grants fund for when we give it out in the following year that's great because i imagine it was pretty well drained after the fires Oh, we gave. Oh, we were able we, to collect we, a lot and disperse. We we collect the, the money every single year, so it's mm-hmm. not it's not that we keep money back. We we put almost every single penny that we have in that particular fund back into the right, grants right. every yeah, single we year. We start over every year. Yeah, zero. Yeah. So closet ball. Yes, if people have not been to that, what exactly is it? Closet Ball is a drag lip sync competition that is embedded in a variety show. So we pull in contestants, uh, four, who have never performed drag, never done that kind of lip syncing situation, and we pair them with a makeup artist, with a professional makeup artist, and we help to get them an outfit, a look, a song that goes with all within, within the theme. And they compete. And each contestant in the last two years has been able to bring in $1,000 each all on their own. So once the the event starts, we already have $4,000 that would go to the beneficiary. And then we sell VIP tickets, uh, champagne provided. It's, It's an amazing, amazing opportunity. And it is two and a half hours of nonstop goodness. It's so great. We get professional performers from San Francisco and beyond. Uh, Last year, we had a uh, a RuPaul's Drag Race contestant on there. That was phenomenal. We also have a gal who performs for Beach Blanket Babylon in San Francisco, and she comes up and performs with us. It's just an amazing cast that we get, and I'm just so proud of this event, and I have such a good time. And I am your hostess for the evening. So that's the summary of uh, Closet Ball. You've mentioned a bunch of different venues in Guerneville that um, host these events. Mm-hmm. The R3 is one. The, mm-hmm. uh, the Rainbow Cattle Company. Rainbow, Rainbow Cattle Rainbow Company. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, West I've Sonoma Inn, Vets Hall, Adfellas Hall. Mm-hmm. We try and what a great partnership mm-hmm. for oh, yeah. these businesses. Um, Absolutely. And they support us so well. It's mm-hmm. unbelievable the support that we get from them. You know, there's so many fundraisers that happen up there, especially ones that we corral ourselves and we consistently are going out to these businesses and they help us. They always help Main us. Main Street has some events. We're having a big dinner at Chef Patrick's during the conclave. We get rooms donated for visiting. Big Bottom is uh, providing performers. breakfast to us and Three Alarm is three now alarm. going to be doing some mm-hmm. stuff with us too. Nice. And Dornos donates pizza and gift certificates. All the time. All the time. All yeah. the time. Yeah. Well, I mean, it's good for it's business. Smart Let's face pizza it. Now. Nope, smart, smart pizza. pizza. Sorry. <laughs> 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 That's great. 
That's really Plug, great. shameless. <laughs> <laughs> I can do that. I used to work there. So tell us again when the Closet Ball is the date. Closet Ball is Saturday, October 6th, 7.30 sharp. And believe it or not, it's actually sharp. We make sure it starts on time. And that will be at the backstage of the R3 Hotel. Tickets are going live like any second. Like I think they're actually live now. Yeah. So you can go to Anthem at uh, Brown Paper Tickets and get your seats now. It will sell out. It will definitely sell out. So get in line now. Great. So will Nunway. And Nunway. And Nunway, yeah. yes. Bingo probably too, huh? Uh, and then there's a poker tournament coming up, I see here, on September 22nd. Can one of you speak to that? So uh, the poker tournament, uh, I don't know what the buy-in is because uh, that's Sister Ginger Snap Jesus' territory, but it's going to be at the Odd Fellows Hall. Um, I think it's a $60 buy-in, maybe. Um, and it's on September 22nd. Uh, it's I'm glad gonna, somebody knew something about it. It's, it's <laughs> The beneficiary is the Nuns of the Above Scholarship Program, which is uh, every year we give out uh, scholarships to students at El Molino, at Annalee at Laguna and also returning students uh, that are going back to the JC that have been away maybe for a couple of years or something like that. We give out uh, none of the above scholarship program to um, students. So it's, it's a great opportunity and we, and we have volunteers that work in our kitchen for bingo every single month that have benefited from our scholarship program. So let me ask a little bit more detail about that, being a teacher at the JC and knowing that there's a lot of students, frankly, who have not been able to come back because of the fires. Mm -hmm. What are some of the requirements to be able to apply for a scholarship? So the scholarship program uh, is uh, open for applications, I believe, towards the end of the school year. So I think by March, April, they're available. And we have, I think, four questions on the application, and it's basically talking about what the sisters do and how you would implement it into your life. And it's very simple questions, but the more heartfelt and thought-out answers, the better. And again, like our grants and like our bingo applications, we go through a process and funnel through all the applications and decide who gets what. So That's very cool. Mm -hmm. Very cool. I'm exhausted just listening to all of the work. <laughs> Trust. I, I, I'm oh not working gosh. right now, and I wouldn't have time to work. And all the planning meetings we do for these things. <laughs> no, so I, I do wow. have two more events to plug, though. Uh-oh. And Let's go so, pancakes. We're supposed to yes, talk about how you became a sister, too. I know. Oh, we'll, we'll get there. We'll we, get there. Okay. <laughs> so I'll be quick. So this weekend is Labor Day weekend, and oh, yeah. uh, we have to pay for oh, yeah. a lot of the things like the rental, the hall rental, and, and swag for the sisters that we're going to be getting like t-shirts and things because they so, don't have enough stuff yes so we have to pay for the stuff and so we need to raise money and this weekend we're doing a pancake breakfast at the odd fellows hall in guerneville from 8 to 11 i believe it's nine dollars for a pancake breakfast with bacon bacon with bacon with bacon bacon. Mm. bacon yeah yeah. And did I hear mimosas too? I don't. I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. Maybe orange juice. But there's bacon. There's bacon. Yeah. There's bacon. There's bacon. And then the next day, if you didn't have enough sweets from us on Saturday, oh, yeah. on the next day we're doing an ice cream social. Will there be bacon? No. no. Uh, bacon ice cream. <laughs> no. <laughs> That's a theme. <laughs> it's it's from two to four at the Sonoma Nesting Company, right at, near the uh, plaza in downtown Guerneville, and. It's from 2 to 4, and we're getting ice cream from Three Twins in Petaluma. They're oh, donating yeah. it to us. And now Sister you're talking S- my language. Yes. <laughs> Sister Sparkle makes her own magical fudge sauce. Mm-hmm. And um, I have saints and other community members that sinners. are and sinners. sinners, yeah, bringing homemade uh, cookies. And it's, it's fun. It's $5 for a scoop of ice cream, some fudge, and two cookies. But what about the bacon? Yeah. Come Saturday. <laughs> Sarah on that one. <laughs> All right, so this is coming up it. this weekend. This is this yes. weekend, yeah. yes. So it's a three-day weekend. Yes. Mm-hmm. So if you're hanging out in Sonoma County this weekend mm-hmm. and kind of wondering what you want to do, 
Go out to Grunville. Oh, and I just remembered one more because, you know, we're not busy enough. <laughs> so <laughs> on Tuesday, uh, we I have a Give Back more. Tuesday oh, yeah, at the Rainbow, at oh. the Rainbow uh, for our Cold Hand Warm Heart program. Oh, that was this one. This is a so one. our Cold Hands Warm Heart program was started by Sister Araya Sunshine as their novice project, I want to say three or four years ago, yes. and where we raise money and we purchase items, put them in a, a little gallon Ziploc bag along with information for the homeless people in Sonoma County for resources. Um, for resources. It, it has a flashlight. It has a uh, umbrella, socks, uh, gl- gloves, and a, a hat. No, no underwear. No underwear. No underwear. Oh. Um, My bad. And. <laughs> And so we put these bags together, and during the inclement weather, which we know we always have every year, we pass them out to the people that need them mm-hmm. um, in Sonoma County. So, yeah. Wow. Even under yeah. bridges we go. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So that's on Tuesday, September 4th from 6 to 8 at the Rainbow Cattle Company. Yes. Fantastic. Yeah. Fantastic. So where does this motivation for each of you comes from? I mean, you've been I'm doing lonely. It. You've been doing <laughs> I, You're married. You're I, not lonely. My husband's boy's not listening to that. <laughs> I can, I can She's tell you. She's calling in right now. So in 2010, um, we did a, uh, I was on the Sonoma County Pride Board at that time, and we did a, uh event with the sisters, and I was very afraid of the makeup at that time. And um, I went to this event. It was called Pride-O-Rama. And I... Uh, I, I met the sisters and I had never been to any of the, the bingos or anything like that. I'd heard about it for years. I've, I've lived in the Russian river, on the Russian river for many years. And, uh, I went to this event and I'm like, oh my goodness. They're the family I've been looking for. Oh, I, <laughs> I, I, I didn't. I knew I was looking for an extended family that, that I can relate to and be with and, and from like, from onset, I was, I was, this is, this is what I need to be involved mm. with. I will figure out a way to get over the makeup, but, <laughs> and I have, and now I'm the pirate nun. So, arg, arg, arg. yeah. I love it. Sarah? Yes. Boundless, endless energy. Where does it come from? Oh, I can't tell, I can't tell you over the, over the microphone. <laughs> now, um, I, many, I don't even know what the year was. I want to say 2008. I was trying to find a spiritual path and I they're so regulated you you can't do this you can't do this you have to be this you have to be that even within the queer community spiritual branches and I I just I needed a place to still to, to still and fill my soul and I met two beautiful, beautiful sisters. I don't know what the heck they were, but gosh, they were pretty. Sister Lolita, Me Into Temptation, and Sister Serendipity. And they were involved in a live tarot performance. Mm. And I was fascinated by them. And their energy was so gracious, yet quirky, very, very spiritual, but so much darn fun. And I just kept glowing onto them. Who are you? What are you? How did you come up with these names? What, 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 what? And just kind of tagging along after them. And then I went to a memorial, a passing, and they were there as ministers in informals and they were very somber but still very loving and very approachable and they performed this amazing passing on ritual that just touched me it absolutely touched me and i fell right into it and i and the three of us worked like we'd always been together and they said you're a nun you need to be a nun you need to be a part of this and san francisco does a lot of Blessings. They work with hospice. They do a lot of of that, and I fell right into that because that was that spiritual hole that needed to be filled right there. It was filling it mm. right then and there, and so that that was my start. Awesome. We've got a couple minutes, Sister Nova. Oh what, boy, what talk? I mean, I, I think you're all examples of of motivation that might attract people to the order. So for you, where does it come from? 
I just had no idea. I had no intent on ever becoming a drag person of any kind. But once I saw what the sisters did, I realized, you know, I don't care what it takes. And I'm going to tell really quickly, the story was a Little Yellow School Bus Winery tour that we did, that the sisters did way back uh, 10 or 20, no, it was back 17 years ago now. And they went around to different wineries. They had this big event at the end of the day at Rodney Strong uh, Vineyards. It was a benefit for the school music program in Greenville because the teacher's job was being eliminated, ending the program. So this event raised enough money to save the teacher's job. Mm. At the end of the day, the little kids from the middle school choir showed up, got on stage, sang to us to saving her job. She was in tears. We were all in tears. I said, I don't care. I got to do it. <laughs> and that's what really said it. And I've, since that day, I've been a sister. Oh, I wow. love that story. For life. Nice. Are you looking for members? Always. Absolutely. Always. And where would people we go to begin the journey? RRsisters.org. Many people come to us via bingo. They come, come to the event. Bingo. They love come us. Come up to one of us and talk to us. Yes. Or then they come to one of our monthly meetings and just say, Check us out, and if they like it, they say, okay, well, I'd like going. to do it, and they keep going. Just keep going until it's you easy. can't do it or don't want to stop doing we it. We work with them. We guide them. We take every – I mean, we do it all for them. Mm-hmm. We help. That's awesome. Well, Sister Surrenda, Sister Saras, Sister Nova, uh, you know, it would be hard to say thank you and have that be enough. Oh, but, I'll say, but I will say thank you for being <laughs> Can here. Can I keep this cast? Yeah. <laughs> uh, can I keep the squirrel? <laughs> what? Point. We're going to look forward to seeing you out there on Saturday for the pancake breakfast, yes. Sunday for bacon. ice cream. Yes. Bacon. It's and the then, bacon breakfast. And then in October for the conclave. Congratulations Absolutely. to you. Wonderful. Thank you. Thank for letting Great. us be here. Thank you so much. It's for having a us. pleasure. Mm-hmm. And we'll be back with more right after this. Thank you, Greg. There are more than 2,000 people living with HIV and AIDS in Sonoma County. 500 of them don't know they have it, so neither do their partners. If you've ever suspected you've been exposed to HIV and want to know whether you're carrying the virus that could lead to AIDS, there's a place you can be tested for free, confidentially, and anonymously with results in just 20 minutes. Call face-to-face at 544-1581 or visit f2f.org. We want you to know your status. Before we go tonight, I want to tell you about a fun event we have coming up this fall that I'm doing as a benefit for Outbeat Radio here on KRCB. Now, many of you know I had the opportunity a couple of years ago to attend the Professional Culinary Training Program at the Napa Valley Cooking School, and I'm returning this fall to teach a one-day cooking class on how to make the perfect scone. We'll be doing this class in the professional kitchen at the cooking school, and it's going to be a hands-on experience where you'll make a batch of scones. You're going to experience a butter tasting, and then we're all going to enjoy lunch featuring some of the savory and sweet scones you make. The cost of the class is 50 bucks, and there are only eight seats left. So you can learn more and register for the class at NapaValleyCookingSchool.com. That's NapaValleyCookingSchool, all one word, dot com. Just click on the Food Enthusiast link on the left side of the page. Thanks tonight to all of the Sisters of Perpetual Indulgence for being with us and sharing all of this exciting news. Be sure to tune in next Sunday night for Outbeat Radio's Living Proof with Sheridan Gold and Dr. Diana Grayer. That's at 8 p.m. and only here on KRCBFM Radio 91. In the meantime, have a great week, and thanks for spending your Sunday night with us. Outbeat News in Depth is hosted and produced by Greg Moralia exclusively for KRCB Radio. Podcasts of our programs are available for on-demand play on our website at outbeatnews.com and on iTunes, TuneIn, Google Play, and Stitcher. Follow us on Facebook and Twitter for updates from Outbeat Radio News all month long. to Radio 91, 91.1 KRCB-FM Windsor and 90.9 K215CQ Santa Rosa. It is just before 9 p.m. Stay with us. Afropop is next.